And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Assuming that the internet holds up, and assuming that we don't lose power, we are broadcasting live from the bunker. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Thanks very much for joining us. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Yes, we do have, uh, we had internet outages yesterday. And today, with uh, rain all around us, storms coming down, there's uh, power outages throughout the Kansas City metropolitan area. So far, I don't want to jinx it, but so far. Lots to get to. So let's dive in because we've got breaking news. I want to I want to get to that here in just a minute. I say we're live. We are broadcasting to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. And the chat is open if you want to jump in there. Uh, the live chat in Odyssey is a little bit different beast. You have to have an actual channel. Uh... Thomas over at the channel says, looks like no audio, going to reset the stream. Okay, so somehow we're not getting audio to Odyssey. It looks like they're resetting it. See, this is the kind of customer service and tech support you don't get from YouTube. In any case, if we end up with problems, we can always upload a, a backup copy uh, over there. But anyway, okay, so the, the chat's open. If you're not with us live, you can leave a comment. You can always send us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom And we are available as a podcast on various different platforms. So you can check it out that way as well want to give a shout out to listeners we've got listeners in spain france germany uk ireland romania egypt good to have all of you with us here i've seen latvia on the list i've seen south america new zealand so uh lots of uh lots of people all over the world uh we do appreciate all of you being here i mentioned breaking news this is something that i don't know that i ever thought we were gonna we were gonna see joe casada this just this is just what was this uh, not even an hour ago posted to socials that he is leaving marvel comics after 20 plus years uh, Joe Casada, the editor in chief, uh, some some have blamed him, held him responsible for a number of decisions that Marvel has made over the years, creative directions and whatnot, uh, including the dissolution and erasure of the marriage between Peter Parker and uh, 
and Mary Jane Watson. So Joe Casada announcing his departure from Marvel Comics. I expect his Substack announcement any time now. Uh, Thomas over at uh, over at Odyssey says there there the playback on Odyssey is not working. We've been having some issues over there as far as getting the live stream to go. So uh, we'll. We'll keep an eye on that. Let me let me leave him a note. On that so quickly. All right. So okay. So maybe not going to Odyssey this morning. But yeah, this is this is kind of a big heap of deal. In the comics industry, Joe Quesada leaving Marvel Comics, that's that's kind of a big deal. So we'll keep an eye on that. Those of you who are interested in comics, uh, that's uh, that's something that's kind of a kind of a big deal. Um let me close that out so you can see we have where did it go? I'm gonna turn that off because that's not doing what I wanted it to do. Okay, so, a follow-up. Last week, we talked about Mercedes Lackey getting canceled over a word. It was the Nebula Award Conference where she was going to be receiving, where she did receive, the Damon Knight Grandmaster Award for her lifetime achievement, basically, as an author in science fiction. This week, it's Balticon, and I I saw this. Uh, Keith the Candido mentioned it over on Facebook, is where I first saw about it. Author Stephanie Burke, who checks all the boxes, looks like author Stephanie Burke was removed from panels and accused of saying some things what she did not say, and the whole thing was handled. Very, very, very badly. Uh, but to to read her statement about what it was, I'm not going to get into all of this. Uh, I hate to even recommend File 770, but Mike Glyer's got an article on this that that has her letter. Keith the Candido also has posted her stuff that she's. This is a Facebook post that she did, so I don't know if anybody can see it or not. Um. But basically, she was escorted out of the room like a common criminal, she describes, because of certain things that she said as part of a panel. Uh, The panel was diversity readers and why you need them. And she was on there uh, as part of the uh, as part of the panel. Sarah Avery, the moderator, uh, Shahid Mahmood, Craig Lawrence, Gidney, Brandon Ketchum, Christine Stan- Sandquist, all other uh, the other participants in the panel, and they were talking about why you need uh, diversity readers, sen- sensitivity readers, people who can tell you whether you're doing the diversity right or not, right? And Stephanie Burke is a person of color, and her her whole feed. You look at some of the stuff, all of the all of the stuff that she's written. And she, like I said, she checks all the boxes, except some of the stuff that she said, apparently, allegedly, somebody took offense at as her being transphobic. And she was removed the panel. Now, since then, 
since then, Balticon has come out and apologized, saying that it was an overzealous volunteer, blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't really track with what Stephanie Burke describes as being the case because of uh, who was involved. Because the director, this, is, this got to the director level at Balticon. Not just a volunteer who said, you can't go, you, you'll kick you out. Or do we lose our internet again? Because I've got red lights and buffering over here. Are we buffering? We're buffering. We're back. Okay. All right. So there's our there's our our maybe false alarm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, we're folks. We predicted this a very long time ago. Not not me personally, but I, I have I have mentioned this on occasion. Larry Correa's talked about it. Uh, Brad Torgerson's talked about it. Richard Palinelli's talked about it. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian Niemeyer's talked about it. Sarah Hoyt's talked about it. This is a circular firing squad, folks. This is uh, this is the Marxist mentality in science fiction literati, basically saying that. You don't belong because of X. You don't belong because of words that you say or words that we heard you say. The things we're going to take out of context and pretend that you said. This is the kind of thing that the Sad Puppies group was warning people about five years ago. This is the kind of thing that Gina Carano was talking about when she reposted a, 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 a post over on Instagram that got her uh, contract not going to be renewed at Lucasfilm. This is circular firing squad behavior here. Because if we don't like what you say, whether you've been on our side or not for the last however many years, all you have to do is transgress one time. Or... You don't even have to actually transgress. We can just accuse you of transgressing, and that's enough. <coughs> Excuse me. So the cancel cult takes another one. Now, they've invited her back to Balticon. They've apologized profusely. And my question is, why is this particular situation being handled differently than the Mercedes Lackey situation? Is it because something happened over didn't happen? Is it because of who's involved? Is it because of what event it was? I mean, what are the factors here that determine that Mercedes Lackey and Stephanie Burke don't get treated the same when you get these accusations of somebody saying something offensive and you're removed from the panels, you're removed from the event... Why is Stephanie Burke getting all this groveling and apologies when Mercedes Lackey is not? It kind of makes you wonder. I'm not saying that there is any one particular reason. I'm wondering if there's a reason. I don't know. I just, I look at this stuff and, and I'm, I'm that, I'm that close. I'm that close. Anyway, okay, so, <coughs> programming notes, a couple of things here today. We are going to be dropping interviews that I recorded with cast and crew of the Orville 
All of that coming up uh, today. And then tonight, brand new, it's back at least for tonight, we've got a brand new Ranker Pit discussion. We're going to be talking about all the news and announcements coming out of Star Wars Celebration, as well as the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi that's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central tonight, Tuesday the 31st. Which, by the way, it's Mr. Harvey's birthday, so happy birthday, Mr. Harvey. All right, so... Let's let's get into the topic of the day here because this this crossed this crossed my feed yesterday. It's a story by Ariel Zilber in the New York Post. And yes, this is the same New York Post that reported on the laptop before it was kosher to report on the laptop. But the New York Post, the headline here, Milky Way Galaxy has four malicious alien civilizations that could attack Earth, is according to our researcher. Now the headline kind of strikes me as, oh, do we have proof of this? What's, uh, what's going on here? And, and I'm, I'm looking at this article here, and... There are a few things with it. Let's dive in. Reading from this article, quote, There may be four extraterrestrial civilizations in the Milky Way that can attack our planet, a researcher has claimed. Alberto Caballero, a PhD student, excuse me, PhD student at the University of Vigo in Spain, authored a study in the International Journal of Astrobiology earlier this month in which he claimed that he pinpointed the so-called WOW signal. The signal, which was first detected by a radio telescope in 1977, was a strange minute-long burst of radio energy that may have originated from a sun-like star 1,800 light-years from the Earth, according to Caballero. It was first received by the Big Ear Telescope at Ohio State University, is considered the best candidate signal of extraterrestrial life since humans began searching more than 60 years ago, Vice News reported. Caballero's paper, which is entitled Estimating the Prevalence of Malicious Extraterrestrial Civilizations, has some limitations the author admitted. Oh, really? Caballero's uh, research has not been peer-reviewed by other astronomers, and the paper is considered to be more of a thought experiment. <coughs> See, it starts off really strong. This article starts off really strong, and then now we're going to kind of get into the fudge factor here a little bit. So, still talking about Caballero. He warned scientists to use caution in using the practice of MITI, or Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence, for fear it could provoke an alien invasion. But Caballero conceded that the odds of extraterrestrials wiping out the human species is about the same as the planet being destroyed by a global catastrophe asteroid. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard countless times how many, how, you know, how many asteroids are out there plotting to kill us. <clears throat> I mean, that's the that's the uh, that's the destruction of choice for for Brianna Wu, isn't it? <clears throat> Continuing here, he wrote that such an event takes place once every hundred million years, so humans are in all likelihood safe for the time being. 
In putting together the study, Caballero researched human invasions of other countries over the last 50 years. He then used that data and applied it to the number of known exoplanets in our galaxy, which Italian scientist Claudio Maconi estimated to be around 15,785. Using the frequency of human conflict, which has decreased in the last half century as technology has advanced, and applying the math to outer space, Caballero estimates there could be four malicious alien civilizations. Hey, folks, math, right? That's the same as science, right? I did the paper based only on life as we know it, Caballero told Vice. We don't know the mind of extraterrestrials. An extraterrestrial civilization may have a brain with a different chemical composition, and they might not have our empathy well, they might have more psychopathological behaviors, he said. I found this way to do the study which has limitations because we don't know the mind of what aliens would be like. <sighs> the U.S. government has in recent months taken seriously increasing signs of extraterrestrial life, though there is still no definitive proof. An interim report released by intelligence officials last year, counted 144 sightings of aircraft or other devices apparently flying at mysterious speeds or trajectories. In all but one of the sightings investigated, there was too little information for investigators to even broadly characterize the nature of the incident. So there's the article from the, the Washington Post. Not, not Washington, the New York Post, rather. Uh, I just... Uh, it must have been a slow news day at the New York Post, right? It's like, well, you know, we're not going to get canceled over t uh, doing something like this. We don't even mention a laptop in this article. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob in the chat says, Aliens have already attacked Earth, and they will again. I, 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 you know, they built the pyramids, right? They've been here before, and they'll be here again. Although... I have some thoughts on that uh, a little bit. But but just looking at this article here for a second, there is absolutely no reason, no legitimate journalistic reason to put an article out there about this. There's not. Because this is, this is pure speculation... There's nothing here in this article that is factual other than Caballero wrote a paper. Everything in the paper is pure speculation that hasn't even been peer-reviewed. And sure, it's got some maths in it, and the maths tell you something, maybe, based on an assumption or two or three. I, you know, I go back to this must have been a slow news day for the New York Post. I mean, Ariel Zilber, I don't know who Ariel Zilber is. I don't know if Ariel Zilber is maybe an intern or somebody who's been there for a very, very, very long time. Who knows? But this is a ridiculous article there's there's no 
journalist. It's filed under tech. Why? Maybe because because of the signals that we've been sending out and the signal that we got. And it, I, I am flummoxed. I am bumfuzzled. Why is this even an article? It's 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 fun to read it and it's fun to laugh at it and have you know have a have a a, a chuckle, but. You know, this guy is sitting there. I mean, even his, even the title of his paper, Estimating the Prevalence of Malicious Extraterrestrial Civilizations. <sighs> okay. I would venture to say that if there was an extraterrestrial civilization with the power of space travel, likely some kind of faster-than-light space travel, otherwise there's no practical use for it, they would likely not bother with this planet. Because a couple of... I mean... Unless, unless you're looking at a situation kind of like V, where they need food and they need, you know, cannon fodder, they need to repopulate their armies or something, you know, send us off into battle, whatever, slave labor. But I don't think that any intelligent, technologically advanced civilization would even, would even mess with us. Uh, Stop says, there are, are there only four out of out of how many? Uh, he did his math uh, based on the estimate of uh, the estimate number of known exoplanets. Uh, Italian scientist Claudio Maccioni, it's estimated that to be around 15,785. So out of 15,785 planets, uh, four of them, have civilizations with the potential to be hostile to us. I don't know. Uh, Robert thinks we're going to nuke each other to death long before aliens get here. Well, current year being what it is, <clears throat> I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't discount that possibility. But this article is just pure fluff. I mean, there's no reason for it to even be here, and and there's no. There's no interview with Caballero. If you'll notice that too. This article is built around the Vice report. <clears throat> so the article in Vice actually does have the interview with Caballero. This one is cribbing off of that. So it's not even a first-hand account interview type of article. It's second-hand account. So we're going to report on something that somebody else reported on. We're reporting on somebody else's report. We're not going to do the legwork ourselves. This is the state of modern journalism these days, folks. Nobody wants to go out and do the work and, and put in the time and talk to the people in person. They all want to go either on social media or they want to rip from other people. Now, I will admit... That Good Morning Multiverse, our show on Saturday morning, we aggregate 
from a number of different sources of all of these different sites that are reporting all of these things. Because all of our news stuff comes from various different places. It's, it's, it's sort of like using the wire services. You know, you got AP and Reuters and UPI and whatever. But we're not taking credit for the report. We'll tell you. Variety is reporting this. Deadline's reporting this. Hollywood Reporter has this story. Comicbook.com has this and this. So for the New York Post to have this kind of an article, especially especially now, Aliens, really? Hostile aliens? As if we don't have enough to worry about, right? Sci-Fi Sci-Fi says the, the uh, biological pandemic is the next apocalypse. I think there's potential for both. I mean, yes, we've got the we got monkeypox coming. We have had the test run with the lockdowns and the house arrests and stuff with with COVID. Um, and and there's another round of that coming, I'm sure. But let's let's game this out for just a second. Okay, let's let's assume, for the sake of argument, that this Caballero kid is right. That there are potentially four hostile civilizations out there, extraterrestrial civilizations out there that could come in and do harm to us. What can we do about it? And stop, I'm not, I'm not taking the article from New York Post. I'm commenting on the article from New York Post. So it's a little bit different. I see what you're doing there. Um, the, if, if alien, if aliens have the technology to get here they likely have the technology to maybe not necessarily destroy us but they they probably would win would win the argument i would expect if they're hostile i mean if they're benevolent then you know there's a completely different conversation to have but if they're hostile aliens and they've traveled all of this way in their spaceships then we're probably looking at kind of a Mars attacks, invaders from Mars, War of the Worlds type of scenario where they just run amok and there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Isn't that a cheery thought? But I don't think that's going to happen. And the reason for that, I'll get into right after this. Stand by. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio because it's the second best invention in the history of the world. Punch the demon face. Just punch it. Yeah, I know it's got teeth. Punch it on the head. Like, they're always like, ah! Ah! No! Punch it! Like, there's a little girl whose life is in danger. Do something other than just yell. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good Morning Multiverse, Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV.
Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with all of you. And uh, uh, Sci-Fi Snob's got an interesting, uh, an interesting answer to everything. Pew pews, arm yourselves. I think that's more of an immediate answer to more immediate issues. Um, possibly, maybe. So let me let me get into uh, just just briefly here why I think we don't have to worry about uh, hostile extraterrestrials, aliens invading the planet or anything like that. I don't think that there are extraterrestrials, and I know that's that's an odd position to take for somebody who's a big fan of science fiction and, and you know we Star Trek and Star Wars and all of stuff. And I mean, aliens are a big part of the of the genre that that we cover here. But I don't think that there are living beings anywhere else in the universe. And the reason for that, we have uh, we have scripture. And I'm going to get in. I'm not. I'm not going to get too preachy here. But my my reasons are biblical because there's no mention. I mean, from a cosmological standpoint, scripture gives us a number of different examples. I mean, the, the earth going around the sun, for example. Um, the concept of blood transfusions is in there. there. There are a lot of different things, science, medicine, geology, uh, history, archaeology, a lot of different things that have been borne out uh, to be true in scripture. Scripture also mentions the existence of ghosts. Uh, and in one particular instance where you had the, uh, the ghost of Samuel who was, who was called up for consultation, and he was rather irate about it when, uh, when the king did that. So there's, there's biblical support for the concept of the ghost. There is not biblical support for the concept of the extraterrestrial uh, and throughout you have you know the existence of angel you know Mindy and I were talking about this the other day the existence of guardian angels I do believe that we we have some protection on that front in certain areas at certain times in our lives for various reasons, whether we've got somebody that's particularly specifically assigned, you go protect that person over there. I don't know if that's the case, but every now and again, there is uh, inexplicable events where you should be dead and you're not. Somebody's watching out for you, and in those cases, I I attribute it to. God's not done with you yet. If you're still alive, if you wake up in the morning and you have another chance at life, God's not done with you yet. And whatever whatever place you're at in your life, there's there's always room for improvement and you get a chance to do to to work on that. 
but there's nothing in the Bible that suggests that there's any living creatures anywhere else. We talk, we hear we there's writings about angels, there's writings about powers and principalities, there's all sorts of things about the supernatural level of existence. That's not the physical, beyond the physical. But there's nothing to suggest that there are people anywhere else. And I think if you look at it from the, from the cosmological standpoint, you look up at the stars, you think there's this infinite universe, which actually isn't infinite, but it keeps expanding and keeps getting bigger and bigger and spreading out. And out of all of this space, there's us. And I think that reinforces, for some people, maybe not for everybody, but I think that reinforces the awe of our existence. The fact that we're here in the one place in the solar system that's capable of supporting life, on the one planet that's capable of supporting life, with just the right atmosphere and gravity and heat and all that, and nowhere else is there any evidence at all of intelligent life anywhere else in the universe. We send our Voyager probes, we send our, our you know, we, we put our telescopes out there and we're, we're listening to the radio stuff and, and the signals and whatnot. SETI's out there and, and you know, trying to, trying to find, we're trying to find life in the universe. There's, I don't think there is anything. And snob dinosaurs are actually in the Bible. They're in the New, they're in the Old Testament. Leviathan is mentioned, and uh, there is uh, there is educated speculation that that's a reference to a plesiosaur. Um, where is that? Is it Proverbs? I can't remember right off the top of my head, but Leviathan is mentioned in the Old Testament, and so some people seem to think that that's an indication of the dinosaur of some sort. I mean, I don't think that the universe being big and wide and empty is a waste of space because it reinforces our uniqueness in the universe. We're special that way. Uh, and no, I don't. I don't think it's a whale. It's too big to be a whale. Uh, the the language. I'd have to. I'd have to actually look it up to to get into the to the the language of it. But the way it was, uh, the way it was described, and the language that's used. I think in the original uh, Arabic, uh, it's um, you what? You're looking it up. Okay. Mrs. Boss is looking it up. But there's a couple of places in the Old Testament passages that mention things that could be a reference to some kind of dinosaur. And some of it, too, I mean, you have to, you have to ask yourself, you have to, to decide what your opinion is as far as how old the Earth is. 
I mean, is the Earth 44 billion years old or whatever, or is it 6,000 years old? I mean, there, there's, there's that question as well. And for some people, that's a question that's yet to be answered. Or it's hard to answer. Because the geological evidence would support that we're, we've been around here for billions of years. But the biblical record doesn't support it. So, yeah, who knows? But there's no mention. The bio, I, I, have, I have told several people when I was teaching, and, and anytime anybody asked me, the Bible teaches three ways. Direct command, example, and inference. And the direct command is pretty, pretty straightforward. You will do this, you will not do this. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. The examples, of course, you know, you have, you know, baptism and communion and meeting on the first day of the week and blah, 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 blah. There's, there's plenty of examples of what to do and what not to do in the, in the Bible. The parables. Um, then you have inference. Where we say it, or we say one thing, we can infer something else because you either don't mention it, you leave it out, or you you put emphasis someplace else. And yes, Snob, I know that the 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 Old Testament was not written in real time; it was written after the fact. I'm I'm well aware of that, and it wasn't written down thousands of years. The copies that we have are thousands of years older. But the Pentateuch, the first five books, were written by Moses. Now the copy, we don't have the original copies. We have copies of copies of copies. But the copies of copies of copies that we have for the Old Testament are even older than the few existing copies that we have, for example, of, of Homer's Iliad. Which are, what, what was that, a couple of thousand years old, 1,500 years old? So we don't have the original documents. But there's nothing that even implies in Scripture that we're not alone. There's nothing that says we are alone. There's nothing that says we're not alone. But the fact that it's left out would imply to me that there's nobody else out there. Your mileage may vary. You're welcome to disagree, and that's fine if if your take is different from mine. But I don't think that there are extraterrestrials anywhere on any in any part of the universe. I think we're it. That's just me. I think I I think we're it. Okay. Mrs. Boss, they're uh, putting uh, putting scripture references in Psalm 74, 13 and 14, Isaiah 27, 1. For those of you who are listening as a podcast, if you want to look it up, you're more than welcome to. Um, I just, I don't know, I just look at this stuff, you know, the discussions about the UFOs that they're having in Congress and, and, and Area 51 and Roswell and all this other stuff, and I think this is interesting... 
what is it distracting us from? What are we talking about now that we're not talking about? And Snob, if, uh, if I had to explain the creation of the world to people with no education, how would I do it? Seven days to make the world or four billion years? Seven days. Because, uh, yes, Behemoth was the other one. Thank you, Mindy. Um, the, the Bible passage in Genesis gives us a definition. The sun up and the sun down the first day. And that, that's a day. And I don't have any, there's no context to suggest otherwise. There's no context, and I know a lot of people go back to that scripture that says, you know, for God, a thousand, a thousand years in a day, and a day is a thousand years. That, that's, not, that's not the proper context to put in for Genesis for the, for the creation account, because there's, there's a strict definition that says, sun went down, sun comes up, there's a day. There's an actual definition right there in the scripture that says day. Not thousands of years. Over time. Over the passage of time. Day. And I, I don't have any doubt that when the planet was fully formed, when it was first created, it was first created fully formed, age and all. Because here's how it needs to be in order to support life. Geological requirements, gravity, air, oxygen, atmosphere, oceans, land, all of that stuff by design is just so. So, seven days. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, that's gonna that's gonna do that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, uh, Mindy's the reference for Behemoth for those of you listening, Job fifteen twenty four. So, uh, what? No, wait. Job forty, Job 40 verses fifteen through twenty four. So, uh, why would God create the world in seven days, then trick us with all this physical evidence? I don't think He's tricking us at all. Bible says seven days. It's a question of faith. Do you believe seven days or not? I think the other part of it too is the the geological record. the The longer we go, the the more the more we look into things. Uh, I think. I think the the scientific evidence continues to mount up. I mean, we've got archaeological digs turning up things. They may have found Sodom and Gomorrah a, a, a few years ago. Um, there was a Caesarea Philippi, I think, that they they discovered where they weren't expecting it to discover, and it matched up with what's, what Scripture says. And they said, oh, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. And then they found it. So there's there's there continues to be scientific proofs that bear out what Scripture says. So I think at, at some point, scientifically, we'll figure out that uh, 
The Bible actually means what it says in seven days. All right, that's it for us. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. Don't forget, tonight, we're going to dive into this. We're going to be talking Kenobi. We're going to be talking Star Wars Celebration announcements on the Ranker Pit tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. It's on a Tuesday. Those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you can, of course, find that video on our YouTube and Odyssey channels. And we'll see what happens there. And in the meantime, feel free to connect with us on all the different social media channels where we've got uh, presence. Uh, you can leave us a tip through PayPal if you want. You can sign up for our newsletter. We do appreciate all of you being here and coming back and, and giving us your time and attention. Hopefully, we continue to, uh, to deserve that attention. So... Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much, folks. We'll be back. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.